A.V. Perkins of A.V. Does What should really think about changing her name to What Doesn't A.V. Do. The woman teaches craft workshops, created a hip-hop trivia game, cooks, and did I mention that she won her episode of Flea Market Flip? You know, obviously, I liked her from the start. With a last name like Perkins, I mean, really, what's not to like? A.V. lives by the motto, life is better when you do it yourself. Guys, this is Jennifer Perkins, and this is the Creative Queso Podcast, where every week I chat with a different guest all about the business of being creative and the creativity behind running a business. I first started following A.V. Perkins on her Instagram feed, A.V. Does What? There was embroidery, calligraphy, glass etching, and wood burning. What is not to love? I can't wait for you to hear this episode so that you can fall in love with A.V. too. All right, A.V., thank you for being here with me on Creative Queso. Thank you so much for having me. What does AV stand for? I was like thinking about that. Okay. My first name is Amber. Okay. And my middle name is Valiz. Oh. Yeah. It's half my grandmother's name and half my great grandmother's name. And it's funny because I worked in the industry for a long time. Like I was telling you previously, and everyone thought it was like audiovisual. Like they thought I was being like oh, right. kitschy it. about it. Like, uh-huh. yeah, it's audiovisual. <laughs> it's like, no, it's really Amber. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I was like thinking about it. I was like, does she just like go by AV? And I was like cyber stalking you. And I was like, no, that's what it says. Like everywhere. Like that's what everybody's calling her. So there's, there's like a funny story with that. Give it to Um, me. Yeah. How AV became AV. Well, ironically, my um, middle name means suitcase and a variation of it means suitcase in French and in Turkish. Oh, but uh, that's not the funny part. The funny part is <laughs> I was living in Connecticut and I was like, you know, I'm making the transition back to New York. I want to work in the industry. And I didn't want anyone to kind of not hire me because my address was in Connecticut, especially as a production assistant. You know, they don't you're not going to be sent a car or anything. No one's no one cares if you're late or you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> so, I said, I'm going to start using I have an aunt. I used like her address in New York. And then I just try to streamline all of these other ways that I can be discriminated against. So I put AV and cause that's pretty gender neutral. No one knows kind of like what your gender is when you mm-hmm. show up. And I got this gig and he just hired me from my reel and my resume. So didn't see who I was cause I was doing props and set design. So you didn't see who I was cause AV was not the AV you know now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do my job. <laughs> and I show up and basically the guy's like, so who are you? And I'm like, it's me. And then he looked like I didn't look like who he imagined. <laughs> so, <laughs> like surprise. And this is at the production meeting. And after the, the meeting, he, he said, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And I just think if you're going to like have your name like this, it should be kind of like in quotations, like mm-hmm. in the middle. And I'm like, I'm not The Rock, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know, like AV. <laughs> yeah. Like The Rock cannot be his name possibly, but AV is like my real name. And I was like, what if I had a name that was um, like unisex? 
would I put girl, boy, you know, like, duh. I already knew at that time I wasn't going to work with the guy. But from then, AV stuck. I said, you know what, AV is going to be my name. But then shortly thereafter, I just started getting work, um, uh, like referrals. So people mm-hmm. already knew who I was. Like, oh, we know you're a girl. So whatever. So, and it, <laughs> so it just ended up working out. It just ended up And it sounds cooler. And it's very much, it's better to Google AV than Amber. Like there's a lot of Ambers out there. I mean, you're talking to a Jennifer. I know, I know that. I know the trauma of a common name. And then we have the same last name. Right. That's why I knew I liked you. Cousins. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, yes, I need to have this girl on the podcast. She's my, she's my people. We share a last name. (laughs) Exactly. So if I was like Amber Perkins, which I mean, I am, but then Jen Perkins, like I would never be found on the web. (laughs) Never. It's true. No, there is some beauty to like a unique going by a unique name and like even a business name. Like I always joke, like my first company was called Naughty Secretary Club, Mm -hmm. which was a blessing and a curse. You know, if it had been like Jennifer Perkins jewelry, I mean, it would have gotten lost in a sea of Jennifer Perkins, but Naughty Secretary Club, like there was only one of those. Exactly. So there is something to be said. Well, you, you talked about the film it's stuff that you've done, but I was like going through your bio and I always joke that I have creative ADD, but like, it, <laughs> it, it's like we have more than the last name thing in common because you craft, you cook, you've taught art in Ghana, you make fancy cocktails, you even invented a hip hop card game. Yes. So lady you do a lot of stuff you have done a lot of stuff like do you just like find that I mean there's the creative thread throughout all of it is that just kind of how you work like I know I'm that person like I love to do lots of different things that all kind of revolve around creativity or have you always been that way or did just kind of come out that way I've always kind of been creative but in the last like in the span of these last 10 years or so It's a lot going on, but there's literally like a story connecting each one to the other. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like snowballed into into it. So, of course, the card game sounds very far from DIY, which it is. (laughs) But I used to have um, really massive game nights at my at my house. And one day a friend of mine, my and who became my business partner, she she came to visit me from Connecticut. We went out to eat and I asked her if she can name all the members of Wu-Tang. And she said, yeah, I used to be on the dance team in college as well. And she said, yeah. And I didn't believe her. And I said, well, could you name them if you were under the influence? And she said, yeah. And I still didn't believe her. And then we went home like to my house looking for a Wu-Tang drinking game because <laughs> we just figured everything with Wu-Tang exists. Like they have like documentaries. Oh my God. They have, so, I know. Like they have more products than anybody I know. Every one so like I was like a game has to be on their skew and it wasn't so <laughs> we were the um our first target audience we just decided to make it up well that's just how, that's how it goes like if there's a mm-hmm. hole in the market and like you want it like you got to create it yeah I'd love that you guys have that game I was gonna ask you about that later but like I heard you mention that about the members of Wu-Tang and I was like okay who can I mention? Who can I think of? Like Stone Cold Sober. And I was like, Method Man, RZA, Raycon. And I was like, but then that's it. And then of course I went down that like YouTube rabbit hole of like watching all the videos from the nineties, like literally just this morning, I watched the video for Triumph. And yeah. I was like, there's so many people, like, I don't know all their names. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing. And then depending on, especially what region you are, and like New Yorkers, you know, they'll want to name everybody and people that no one else knows. And we're like, no, that's just someone's cousin. That's he's not a member. Stop it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
see now you've got to figure out how to like make that into like game night like a craft or I'm like trying to think of like how you could tie it back in and spin it there's got to be a way like I don't know if you saw like yesterday my sister I posted a picture on my Instagram where my sister used to paint like hip hop people all the time like I literally posted a picture of a Fisher Price TV that has Biggie on it so like you got to bring it like full circle like crafts and card games it, it does tie in because you know I love my home and you saw a part of it but everything there's like lyrics all over, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like, oh, it's not graffiti because I don't know how to tag or anything, but it's like, oh, this is made out of like vinyl from my cricket, you know? So it's (laughs) it's like, okay, this is like if Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg actually had a child, it would be me. I would... I want to be fully on board with that project. Like, I think when you like didn't realize you had it on video, did I see the Wu-Tang symbol in pink at one point on your wall? See, please tell me you made that with like a die cut cricket machine or something like with my cricket. Oh my God. I love that so much. Like I have some Drake lyrics, everything, all of that. And it's all via the cricket. (laughs) I love this. And there's like watercolor. So you're like, oh, this is a really nice water. Wait a minute. Is that Wu-Tang? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's the kind of stuff like that kind of like irony. Like it makes me very, very happy. Like I enjoy that. So, well, good. Well, now I love you even more than I did before. So there's that. So you, so you did the film stuff and then we talked about the, what is your card name called? Let's get down here at University of Dope. But yes. the other thing that I thought was kind of fun that popped up was that you parlayed those skills from film and you were on Flea Market Flip and you won on top of that. Yes, I did. Has yes, that did. episode already aired? Like It has aired. It aired in December. Ooh, that's exciting. Do you get like a prize? Like I You do. You do. You get a cash prize, um, $5,000. Ooh. Which is rent in New York, but right? it's a great it's a great experience. <laughs> For your big apartment, I just yeah. got to tour. Yeah, I'm sure. Like that was like one month there. Yeah, it was that's a fun show. I used to watch it all the time with my daughter. How was that experience? Did you like being like on TV? You're so good on camera. Like watching your YouTube channel, I could see you gravitating that way with more like hosting and tv stuff like did you enjoy the experience I did and that's the plan like the plan is to go in that trajectory of hosting tv stuff have my own show I just Mm -hmm. had like a daydream not too long ago that I was crafting with Wendy Williams and I just went into a complete like Zach Morris dream mode and I was like (laughs) this is great this is great I want to do this so I'm putting that out there, manifesting. I was going to say, go woo-woo with it because that's what they all say. The more you think about it, you know, and put it out there in the universe. And then you told me you were meeting with the Crafty Lumberjacks. Like, so, you know, those guys, they have the HGTV. Crazy. Like how I even, like talk about manifesting. I, um, I, I, when I met them, I explained to them like, oh my gosh, I just listened to you guys like three days ago on your podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was vaguely familiar with them on HGTV Handmade. And I was binge watching your podcast. And then they came up and I was just like, well, not binge watching, binge listening. Uh And (laughs) they came up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know they were from New York. I'm like, New York DIYers, like we need a support group. They are amazing. I love DIYers in New York because we don't have like, oh, you know, we have a picket fence that we need to paint. Let me show you the tutorial. We don't have that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I met them and I explained all of that to them. And I'm like, where is Queso? We don't know where Queso is. <laughs> and we just became like Insta friends. 
from your podcast. Oh, I love that. They are so yeah. cute. Like I lo- I've never met them in person, but they're like cute as little buttons on like podcasts and interviews and all the places. I love those guys. I know. And then I need to hook you up with uh, my other friend who's there, who's also been on the podcast, Ed Roth, who does Stencil One. I have one of his books. Oh, do you? Yeah, he's there too. And he does have, I need to look it up, but he has a lead on a good queso spot there in New York. So I will look it up and you can go. I know Dennis and Andrew can't go because it's not vegan, but Uh, they can, they can watch. Exactly. (laughs) They can bring their little to-go cashew queso and then they can watch. Yeah. Well, good. I feel like you guys can make some magical thing happen because I really do think you're good on camera and I think you would be just delightful on one of those kind of things. Do you think, or do you think in your mind, are you headed towards like, do you want to do TV or do you see it more as a digital platform? Because I ask, you know, I work for DIY and HGTV and have hosted for them before, but you know, DIY network is closing down. Yeah. Sad face. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, and I don't know how much, I don't know how much uh, craft content the Magnolia Fixer Upper channel will have. I haven't heard anything about it. You know what? I think just, and then this is just my media experience looking at the trends. I think it's going to blend after a while. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to know the difference between TV and digital content because mm-hmm. we're going to watch everything on our TVs anyway. And cable is slowly just becoming a bunch of streaming services because everyone's kind of like pulling out of Netflix mm-hmm. and starting their own services, which is basically cable 2.0. Right. So, um, I'm open to, I'm open to all opportunities. So yeah. there goes that. No, I exactly put it out there, girl, but no, yeah. I totally agree. I think it's the exact same thing. Like, I don't think, I mean, I don't even have cable. You know what I mean? All those shows I watch is like a digital thing. Like, you know, HGTV, DIY, they have apps and YouTube uh-huh. channels. I mean, some YouTube channels, I bet, have more viewers than primetime shows. Yeah. So. It's so funny. I remember there was a time in life where actors were like, no, I don't want to be on TV. And now everyone, now big actors are going to films that are straight to Netflix. All the time, I know, like all the channels, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, like, I mean, we'll be, my husband and I just watched like some Sean Penn show just for Hulu, like all the biggies. Yeah, it's amazing. It is, it is. So back to the flea market stuff. Yeah. So if you had to pick one, I know that you are a big revamper. You'd love the furniture flips, right? That's kind of one of your, one of your faves. Yeah, I know. I love that too. So if you had to pick thrift store, flea market, or antique mall, which one would it be? And do they even have those things around New York? Not really. So antique mall would probably be out because it, if it exists, it's not necessarily in the boroughs. Mm-hmm. And if it's in the boroughs, it is out of that the flea market price range. Right. <laughs> it's like you buy it, you leave it as is, like you don't touch it at all. Um, but if I'm choosing between flea market and what was the second? The thrift store. Do y'all have thrift, thrift stores? Store. Yeah, we have thrift stores. But ironically, once again, unless you're going to like Salvation Army, a lot of the thrift stores, thrift stores that are marketed as thrift stores tend to be more expensive than um, than you anticipate. So even, oh. yeah, so even on flea market flip, we purchased from upstate New York. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we went to upstate New York and some places they go to Connecticut as well to to just buy the stuff and then you flip it and then you sell it downstate New York. 
because that's where you get the the, the more profit. Mm-hmm, the big money, no whammies. Yes. So I would choose, I would choose a flea market. Ultimately, I would choose a curb find. That's the real thrill. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Those are, you know, those are kind of far and few between here. Do y'all have pretty good luck with that up there? We, and- we because, you know, New York, people are always moving. Mm-hmm. So it's always, but then a lot of people don't have cars. So it's always a catch 22. So it's, you can find great things on your block, but you have to carry it down your block. Exactly. You know, we don't, we don't have cars. There is that. You need to keep yeah. a dolly at your house. Like I have a hand truck. Oh, do you see? Yep. And I just walk up and down my street and just picking up stuff. <laughs> I love it. Yes. As I know when my, we don't have it in my neighborhood. I am now, but like my old neighborhood would have like bulk trash week. And I have like one of my favorite pictures is like when my son was little and like, and I was walking, give walking on the neighborhood with him in a stroller. And I found this like really cool chair and I like made him get out and like toddle and like barely walk and like put the chair in the stroller like <laughs> like you're being kicked out for this curb fine kid yeah. mommy has priorities I wonder if they I know some people do curb alerts on Craigslist oh so that might benefit you because you can just like drive to the curb curb fines don't help I mean not, not curb fines curb alerts don't help me too much because if they're like hey I'm putting this out and I'm in Queens is like, well, someone in Queens is going to have it because I'm never going to see what you're putting out there. Yeah. You can't get there fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. Won't get there fast enough. Do you ever buy your vintage online? No, I have not done that. Oh, I, you know, I don't either. I feel like it's like, especially with you, I know you do a lot of furniture revamps. It's kind of like, that feels a little bit like shooting fish in a barrel, getting it online. You know what I mean? Because you can't touch it. You don't know. It could be really falling apart. Well, yeah. that, but you know, also it's like, you know, it's going to be there. If you're looking for some obscure thing, like I guarantee it's on Etsy or eBay and it's not as fun as like going to a flea market and like stumbling across something and you're like, oh, the thrill of it. Yeah, it's it's the hunt too. And it's the, the stumble upon, because like even on my Instagram, I have a part, like one of my highlights, it says stash or trash. Mm-hmm. So people can literally, I'm just walking, minding my business, going wherever I'm going. And it's like, should I pick this up or should I not? But I would, it's not stage, it's just like there. <laughs> so I love that part. Oh, that's fun. I'll have to check it out. I know I need yeah. to do some like thrift hauls on my Instagram. I need to get better about it. So, you know, I saw um, on your website as well that you talked a lot about your dad and how he was a big influence and that. Uh-huh you know, when he passed away, that kind of started your big, one of the big kind of movements for you. I lost my mom last year and she was also like my crafty wind beneath my wings and my flea market shopping partner in crime. Was your dad a big like DIYer or flea market or revamper kind of guy? Um, Not a flea market kind of guy, but he was literally a kind of guy that built like anything with his hands. Mm -hmm. So I remember one time as a child, he he was really into like National Geographic mm-hmm. and we had a bunch of plants in our windows. Like it was like a jungle. Like I think our oxygen was different. It was so many plants in the windows and he put speakers in the windows, but you know, we needed to water the plants and he literally like made like a case for it. Almost like a waterproof case. I feel like it was like the first GoPro case now in hindsight. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I don't know what it was, maybe plexiglass. It was something, but I just remember that we could still, and then he put it in the plants. So, you know, like the, when the lions are, you know, doing their lion thing and you can literally hear the speaker kind of like rustling 
in the trees that are in our window. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like he was one of those guys. He was very um, uh, innovative and inventive with what he was doing to get it done. So it's kind of, it's hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way too. I see it even in my kids. I'm like, man, that is just like, that's going down the generations that DIY savvy coming, you know, going from my mom to me to, to them. Um, so we're, since we're kind of, we're kind of going deep, you mentioned being really passionate about DIY is a broader concept. Can you kind of expand on what you meant by that? My tagline is life is better when you do it yourself. And you know, it incorporates DIY, but think of it as your life. Like you should do your life yourself sometimes, especially with we're in the information age, you have so much information at your disposal and people get kind of like paralysis. They don't make a next move because there's how, how to make a next move. Like you can Google how to make a next move it's true. and that doesn't necessarily help you. So you should do things yourself. And I think when you make your decisions kind of like independently, you, it's easier for, to, for you to take accountability for those decisions that you make. So if you make a bad decision, you know, you can, it's easier to learn from it. At least that's my perspective, because if you just say, Hey, I want to just follow this other person and do it. And then your life goes terribly because of it. You're going to just spend the rest of your time blaming someone else. And that doesn't serve you in the end. So you, when you say life is better when you do it yourself, you don't necessarily mean like you're talking like way big picture. You're not talking about like changing the oil in your car yourself. It's both. Yeah. It's both. both. So it's like, if you, if you want to just look at it, like, Hey, life is better when you do it yourself, learn how to tie a tie that helps you. Mm -hmm. Or life is better when you do it yourself by signing up to go to therapy. That helps you too. Both can help you. So, or, you know, making a craft or thrifting or revamping or repurposing, all of those things can all help you. You just have to do it yourself. Just learn to do it yourself. Yeah, I was listening to your, um, I mentioned it earlier, I was, when I was listening to you on the Crafty or the Craft Hangout podcast, one of the things I thought that was super interesting going back to you hosting and stuff as you were talking about like DIYing all your videos for your YouTube channel. You kind of had some really clever insight about all of that. You were talking about like the lights and. Oh yeah. Um, for those who are like, I want to start a channel. Cause I hear that often. Mm-hmm. I want to start a channel. I wanna I'm one of those people that. that's furiously taking notes like wax paper. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the first thing people get caught up on is the expense that it takes to create a video and it doesn't matter. Like you just have to get started because you're going to get better. Cause even I keep my first video up there just to keep myself humble. Cause it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I was like, what did I even record this on? Was this like a beta tape? I don't know <laughs> what this was, but it was, it was before I bought a DL, DSLR and I still have like a newer, not a newer model, older model. And you know, there's people who are doing, more but you have to just start because if you go into debt at least the first time and you don't even know if you want to do it then it's like a necessary pressure on yourself but we have technology now you can record with your cell phone you can take photos with your cell phone of course as you get better at it you can you know upgrade but yeah i suggest getting a tripod a mini tripod start with your cell phone and the the your what's 
not your light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can record right in front of your window if you're just trying to do like vlogging situation. Now, if you want to do more DIY and top-down videos, then, you know, you invest in some more. But to give your audience the tip I told them about the lights, um, you can go to Home Depot and you get these silver dome lights. They're like eight bucks a piece. You go to the lighting department. You can't miss it. They're clip-on lights, so they can clip to anywhere. And you put, um, what are these bulbs? Daylight bulbs, he said. Daylight bulbs. Daylight bulbs and wax paper in front of it as a diffuser. I liked it. When you said the wax paper, I was like, yes, I want the like, I want the gauzy, soft, like Barbara Walters lighting on my face. Yeah, (laughs) because you know, because it'll it'll definitely give you harsh lights. Harsh lighting. I need to rub a little Vaseline on the lens, like really take it down. No, I thought that was like an amazing tip. How long have you been doing YouTube videos for? I've been doing YouTube videos for about five years. I didn't get remotely consistent until two years ago. Do you think, like, for someone like me, I mean, I know a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to social media, but, you know, YouTube for me is really one of those, like, it's a very foreign place for me. I'm not very familiar with it at all or how, you know, and it's its own search engine and algorithm. Did you just kind of, you know, as far as getting consistent with it, like from a marketing perspective, did you have to kind of do that yourself? Like research, like, all right, these are the, this is the length of video that does well. This is the best day to post on. These are, you know, this, you should do it every, you know, once a week or once a month or have you gone down that rabbit hole? (laughs) It's it's funny. I've dabbled in that rabbit hole because full disclosure, my strongest platform is Instagram, mm-hmm. but YouTube, since it's its own thing, I look at it kind of like a portfolio for me. You know, there's some people who want to be YouTube stars and get paid from YouTube. That's great. I, I, I do receive um, money from YouTube, but the plan is so you can see what I look like on camera. So when mm. people search for me and they're like, oh, she's good on camera. How do I know? I saw her YouTube and those are cameras. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, I look at it like a huge portfolio of what I can do in the range of what I can do. That's now, good. now with that, so since my goals are a little bit different, cause there's some people who just kind of like just do online classes or, um, vlogging or, you know, reviews or something like that. I, and we, we, I'm in the process of reformatting my YouTube channel so it could be more like web series and show based. So mm-hmm. because that's what I want to go into. So show them, show them what they want, AV. So <laughs> give them what they want. Yeah. No, that that's absolutely like, I know so many people in this industry and that's how they you know, that's how they got it. That's how they got started. Like even it's different, but I've even talked to a couple of people recently that, you know, self-published books because they wanted it a certain way. And then once they self-published it, it did so well, then like publishers came to them and got into like bidding wars over the book. You know what I mean? So just because you, if you wait for someone to come and produce that web series, you know what I mean? Who knows how long you'll be waiting, but if you already show them what they don't even know they might want, then it's Exactly. Like, and it's like, it's like oh, it all we need now is some of your money. So Exactly. <laughs> like, look at it. This could all be yours. You, know? <laughs> you so. could always, you could, you're already familiar with uh, like kickstarting platforms. My friend Vicky, how she kickstarted like $80,000 for her YouTube web series about knitting. Cool. 
That is amazing. I think I did hear that episode. I follow her podcast as well, but yeah, she's got a good podcast. Yeah. But yeah, she kickstarted that whole like series that she did for the exact same kind of reasons like you're talking about. Like she wanted it to be a certain way and look a certain way. And she's got up on that Kickstarter. There's so many little platforms like that or Patreon. Yeah, definitely. And then me having it like a portfolio, how I utilize it, it did help move me in the rounds of the the application process for flea market flip. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'll... All TV is that way. I mean, when I first started TV, it was kind of pre-YouTube, but I mean, we had to send in little video clips, you know what I mean? And I'm Mm -hmm. sure everybody that, you know, when those applications were going around to try out for making it, you know, all of that goes down to like, do you have like video footage? And then they're going to want to Skype with you so they can see how you do on camera that way. Yep. That's how it was for us as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if you've already got that out there, like save people, save people that step. So, you know, another thing I thought was interesting is we talked briefly about the, like maybe the idea that being creative is hereditary. And I was talking to a photographer yesterday named Grace Chan, and she has a podcast called Creativity School, or I'm sorry, yeah, Creativity School. And we were talking about how like, she thinks like everybody is born creative, but I was saying that like everybody could be born creative, but like the secret sauce, I think, is you need to be just as good at marketing and kind of putting yourself out there and letting it be known. And I definitely think you're one of those people just from like my brief observations of your career. Like I definitely already see that like secret sauce in you. Like some people I can see it. I'm just like you, like you're going to go places. Like I yes. like you've got that sparkle, you know how to work the magic, like you're going to do this. So what do you, what do you think about that? About like marketing being just as important as being creative. And when I say marketing, I mean like knowing how to use you, YouTube, like you are, or utilize your platform on Instagram. Um, in terms of just overall success? Yeah, overall success okay. for people. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like a lot of people that are listening to this podcast or, you know, follow either one of us on social, like they want to be able to say, you know, I'm a content creator for a living. Like that's what I do or I'm an influencer. But I think a lot of it is not just only making amazing crafts. You have to also know how to get those projects in front of people. Yes. Um, I do. I had an art teacher in college tell me like, oh, everyone is born creative. So I do. It does have some kind of roots to it, but you do have to tap into it, even if you don't want to create for the Internet. You know, just like those people who are like, I'm not creative because I teach as well. And I get if I had a dollar for every time someone mm-hmm. told me I'm not creative and then they're like a ringer in the class. Like, wait right. a minute, <laughs> you're absolutely creative. This is Picasso worthy. But in terms of marketing, I, I think you have to be willing to be fearless because I never took a business class. I never took a marketing class. I did film and art. art was my minor. So this is all creative all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I never wanted to be a starving artist because who wants to be hungry? Food is right. So, <laughs> so, you know, I just use being fearless in my marketing strategy before I learned like actual, some actual marketing things, like, you know, the hashtags or whatever. But the first thing, if you're starting from zero, you need to be fearless. Telling you how to use hashtags and uh, SEO and all this other stuff doesn't help if you're not willing to be fearless. Cause there are people 
people I meet and they're like, oh, I'm a DIY blogger as well, or I'm a creator. And I was like, okay, what's your IG? And their IG is private. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, ma'am, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm following you because I met you in real life, but I'm not going to request to see your work. You know Exactly. I mean? If and I have to get permission to view your crafts, it's probably not going to happen. Exactly. So, you know, but some people, they do that because of fear. They, mm-hmm. they're scared because they might feel like they might be judged or they, they say, oh, I have pictures of my kids up there, which I completely understand. Like I have nieces and nephews, but I don't post them mm-hmm. for that reason, because I believe the privacy settings start in your head. Yeah. Or have two separate accounts two separate accounts or friends in real life. There's a lot of different options mm-hmm. that you, you can utilize. So, but like I said, with marketing, you have to be fearless to not be scared of expressing yourself, telling, putting yourself out there, repeating yourself. But sometimes, and even this happens to me as well, you think, oh, I might've said this enough. And it's like, whenever you say that in your head, do it two more times because you didn't do it enough. Mm, that's a great that's a great rule of thumb. Yeah. Because just because, I mean, people forget that, especially just the way the algorithm works. It's like, just because you said something or showed something on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all the places, like there's a ton of people in your feed that never saw it. So post it a bunch more times and then all your people still aren't going to see it. Mm -hmm. And then if you feel like you're spamming people, then you can kind of like weed out the ones who are not interested in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. so for for us DIY and crafts is very specific you know it's not everyone is not interested in it but the people who are interested you need to you need them to see and you need them to be on board and if that means clearing out some other folks then so be it exactly that's that's the way you DIY prune people mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> weed them out so do you have yeah. any favorite like Instagram feeds or books or podcasts that you like that are more marketing and business than they are, you know, DIY? Um, okay. I try to listen to the podcast that have, they may talk about marketing, but it has like an influencer kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of one right now. There is... Cause I listen to all the crafty ones. And then I listen to those episodes specifically about marketing, like dear handmade life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's but, a good one. Yeah. There is the influencer podcast. I think that is one. I can see the the little blonde girl that hosts it. Is that the yes. one? Yeah. Uh-huh, no, yes. I can't think of her name, but I know who you're talking about. And there's another one with another blonde and it's escaping me right now. Um, Jenna, whatever from gold digger. Her? No, I, I, I have that in my Stitcher, but I haven't listened yet. I'm looking up the influencer one because now it's going to bother me. I'm like, what is that girl's name? It's something Solomon. Yes, yes. That's it. You're totally right. I can't think of what her first name is, but yeah, Julie. Julie, yeah. Yeah, the influencer podcast with Julie Solomon. That is yes. a good one. Yeah. I see there's one here I haven't listened to with Marie Forleo, who I also like in the business world. <laughs> I like and, her too. Yeah. She, I know. I just bought tickets to her book tour today. I'm kind of excited. She's coming to Austin to do a talk. I think we were, we were talking about this in another episode. I feel like I heard that. What? About now? I just bought the tickets like... Well, not the tickets. I think you were talking about her. 
Oh said, yeah, might have. I was like, it was, you know, in between listening, watching Wu-Tang videos. I was like, buying yes. four Leo tickets. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how my mind works. <laughs> Went down that rabbit hole. No, I might have. Like, no, I do. I like her. I mean, since she's in your neck of the woods, I'm sure she's going to be doing a book tour thing there too. And then I listen to Pat Flynn. Oh yeah, Pat Flynn's great. He has a lot of good content on like video and podcasting and all the things. What are you looking through your like phone now, looking through the apps? No, I'm not. This is, I'm just like kind of like in my head thinking kind of like scrolling in my mind. And I don't want to accidentally move my computer because I don't want to like end this podcast. Literally, (laughs) I'm just drawing from memory right now. I'm using my powers. I know. I can always like just see there, like I can see the logo and then, but like sometimes I'm just like, I can't really remember what their names are, but, and you can always send me a list too and I'll put it in the show notes if you've got a few favorites. I'm also big on, let's say Marie Forleo, like searching for her name and listening to podcasts that she's been on. You know, I usually tend to go down. I'm not like totally dedicated to any one podcast there might just be someone who I think always has great information and I'll listen to all the interviews of all the podcasts they've done oh another one I listen to is called the Maddie James podcast I listen to her Maddie M-A-D-D-I-E T-T-I-E okay what kind of stuff does she do she does a lot of like influencer um influencer marketing and reaching out to brands, especially those who want to work with brands and putting yourself out there. She's a style blogger, but she also does that as well. Oh, is it yeah. like, is it Maddieology, the podcast? She, it, it is Maddieology, but she renamed it. But if you were listening to that, all of that would pull up. Oh, okay. I'm looking, you know, and that brings me to another question. I saw on your website that you seem a little hesitant about using the word influencer. Tell me everything. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) like you feel icky. I mean, I sometimes am too with that word, but I'm curious. It's it's weird because, you know, people, I think when people think of influencer, they really go straight to the style the, like the fashion ones and mm. the beauty ones and they just imagine vapid women <laughs> being like faux rich right and yeah, it's like a good word yeah and it's just like but I'm not like my selfies are good but I'm really not that but I promise and <laughs> it's like like that hint of insecurity but then but then what hurts the most like even you know you look at your your analytics and everything my face does better than other like work that I have (laughs) interesting yeah and it's like okay that's great you know I'm glad you guys like like what I look like but I need you to like the crafts too so I have to like pose with the crafts and the food (laughs) exactly just like hold it up real close to your face like look at this thing I painted like Martha Stewart style see I should have just followed Martha because she poses with everything anything she doesn't pose with it's not her well, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I took an, a friend of mine taught an Instagram class at Craftcation. Um, and she was saying that like her method is like every nine pictures, at least she makes sure she has a picture of herself. And then going back to Jenna, I never can say her last name, right? Kutcher, Kutcher, whatever with uh, the Gold Digger podcast. She talks a lot about how like her numbers went crazy when she just started posting pictures of herself. Like she did a month of it and like how people just loved it. They just like ate it up. So yeah. And then, but then, then that's like, that works. 
But then there's the mental triggers of, oh my gosh, am I that person who just poses like nine selfies, even though the nine (laughs) selfies will do amazingly well. So it's kind of like cutting your nose to spite your face because you're like, Mm -hmm. I would be valued for my work. And they're like, no, just give us your face. (laughs) I know, but you are, you know, at some point, like you are a personality and you know what I mean? And like, it is like you and your cuteness and your look and your videos that are selling that craft project. Do you know what I mean? It's the same. It's that way for all of us that are in that industry. And I know we all, I get weird about it too. Like post, I don't post my face near as much as I should. I'm just like, oh. And then, then that's where I had that, you know, that moment where I was like, I have to get over it. And then that's when I started to embrace the word influencer. Cause it's like, you know what, AV, you know, you're not that big. Okay. You look yourself in the mirror, like you read books. You're not that bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you are know, a solid person. Like exactly. You're- you know, my mom loves me. I'm good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> send you know press enter exactly and then, you know, just kind of like get over it I was actually listening to and another podcast that helped me get over that whole influencer thing oh my gosh Andy J Pizza oh I love that guy yeah I was listening to him and he was describing you know kind of like the artists who don't want to get into social media and they're just like, I'm an artist, I'm an artist, you know. And it was more so kind of like to the, towards the starving artist, mm-hmm. which we already agree we don't want to be. But, exactly. But um, yeah, and he was just kind of like talking through it and why it's holding you back. And I was like, you know, that was me at one point, especially when I was still doing behind the scenes in film. It was like, I'm an artist, you know, with this mm-hmm. at the end. And, you know, you get warmer and warmer and warmer to it. And then here you are. I am an influencer now. Exactly. Well, you know, and uh, Jen Sincero talks a lot about that too in her like You're a Badass series and You're a Badass at Making Money about mm-hmm. just like just getting over it. I think I know the exact like uh, Andy J Pizza episode. Did it involve a lot of discussion of red solo cups? Um, <laughs> there was one where he kept going on and on about like cool kids like want to drink from a red solo cup. You know how he loves to use these like analogies that are like I feel like it was. so in left and field. Then- and then, yeah, and then it was like the aha moment at the end. Just like, wow, <laughs> like I got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's funny. I come from a background of like before I got into DIY stuff, I ran a record label and I used to write, like have a zine, but I used to write for other magazines and like interview bands and do record reviews. But one of the things was, is, you know, I would encounter it with bands all the time where it's like, we're so cool. Like, we don't need to promote this record. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to do anything. Like, this record is so amazing. It will sell itself. And it's like, you just go ahead and sit back and watch the dust bunnies roll in because, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you think that's how, like, the Rolling Stones or, you know, any of those people did it, then you're totally wrong. Like, if you're not out there shouting it from the rooftops, then nobody's ever going to know about your band or your video or your new project on your blog or... Exactly. And podcast. something else that helped me realize, you know, kind of reflecting back on certain things, my previous career, like, you know, cause you live in New York, so you have that like a hundred jobs. So <laughs> before I started blogging, I was a brand ambassador for a bunch of different brands. So like there's events going on and you talk about a brand and they pay you and they would pay you pretty decently. But then I, I worked with really like high brands, like, you know, like Nestle. Like I did, I did work for Nestle. They're like the marketing team for a good while. And if there's a 
a multi-million, billion dollar company that's paying people to promote for them, guess what? You need to promote all the time. <laughs> there's still people already know or people are already familiar with those brands, but they're still putting themselves out there to new audiences, new people, reminding the old people why you like them to begin with. So always put yourself out there because the big brands are doing it and they're paying other people to do it. So we always have to keep putting ourselves out there. It's never spam if it's of value. Exactly. No, that's, that's a beautiful way to put it. It's not, people want to know it, you know, they wouldn't be following you and in your circles anyway, if they didn't want to know what you were up to or, or see the occasional cute little headshot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So just keep on telling yourself that. So now, you know, another question before we start wrapping up, I was going to ask, are you full-time crafty? I mean, you were saying you reluctantly call yourself an influencer, but I know you work with some companies, but you seem to have like, like me, you have like a million things going on. You have ads on your blog, you're teaching all the time. Like you do a lot of stuff. Is this your full-time gig is A.V. Perkins, the person, the creator? Yes, as A.V. Perkins, the person for sure. And a lot of it's all kind of creative. So Mm -hmm. I like to, to keep it in that, in that realm. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, Lord in New York, the rent there is a lot different than it is down here in Texas. And I, and I got here at a good time too. So that's, <laughs> that's very fortunate on, on my app. Awesome. Yeah. I saw your teaching schedule and I was like, whoa, she's teaching so many things and so many, so many different classes, but that's awesome. I need to get more into that as well. And speaking of teaching, you were saying coming up on the horizon, you have your first conference coming up. So tell everybody a bit about DIY Makers Con. I recognized a few other names there, like Melissa, who is teaching the espadrilles class. I have taken her espadrilles class. I highly recommend it. I are you going to be too, but I, I'm going to be teaching right at the time because oh, I believe boo. it's I think it's like two sessions uh-huh so I'm like maybe but probably not but Aww. hopefully you know maybe not shoes maybe a shoe you right. know just- <laughs> like, I still haven't finished my shoes and it's been two years so okay you know. But it's not like my feet are getting bigger. So, you know, that project's always going to be here for me. So what are you going to be teaching? I'm going to be teaching reupholstering a chair. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, like... the glow up upholstery. (laughs) The what is it? The glow up. I kind of like the glow up, but upholstery. Oh. Because I like puns. I, you know, who doesn't like a good pun, really? It's like me in alliteration. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just, why stop? Is it going to be like, do people like BYO chair or what? They will be providing a chair. Oh, really? Yeah, they'll be providing a chair. You just need to provide transportation so you can bring your chair home. (laughs) Because it's not, you know, we're not keeping your chair. You're going to take your chair home to wherever you're putting it. And yeah, we're going to show them how to um, remove the seat, Put the, the fabric back on, make sure it's nice and secure, and put it together. Ooh, I want to take that class. Yeah. And of course, I'll add in some thrifting tips in there because sometimes people don't know what to look for when they're when they're thrifting. So, yeah. No, that's, I mean, you know, my mom used to always say like the worst time to buy a chair is at a flea market because you're like so tired, like they're all comfortable. So I think people need need tips plus not all chairs are like easy to recover like you need to you need to be able to identify exactly and what's and what's worth it and what's not and what just needs a little TLC and I think the most important part are are cleaning things that you get from a flea market because yeah no one wants bed bugs 
Right. Oh, I didn't think about that. See, we don't have that as a big issue down here. Like, is that a problem? Like, it can be, and you don't know it's a problem until it's in your house. So oh. that's when it's a problem. So yeah, just try to avoid all types of wildlife. Yeeks! I didn't even think about that. Now you're totally creeping me out. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does put a different spin on it. So yes, cleanliness when you're thrifting. Good tips. I would want to know that. Yeah. All right, last question that I ask everybody, and but we already kind of covered it. As you said, you didn't know where good queso is. Like, do you never have queso? I, I heard you go deep on hot sauce with the girls at Craft Hangout. Yes. Um, so I guess the hot sauce doesn't cross over into the world of queso. It doesn't. And every time I listen to when you ask that question, I always keep asking myself, like, where is the queso? And I think, oh man, I think the only time... Um, I've had queso is in the jar from Tostitos. My God, you and Mondo. Mondo yeah. said that same I heard, thing. I, and I heard his episode as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, because we're in New York. There should be like a, a queso conference for us and you should host it. Oh my God. Like I'm bringing the caftans and queso show on the road. Like, yeah, that's it. I got to bring queso to New York. Like it's got me and my crock pot. Like we're coming. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a thing. And I think I remember seeing like commercials, like there'll be the commercials about it, but I've never had it. So yeah. So even when I think of queso, I think of processed cheese and I feel like that's not. I mean, it's not far from the truth. I'm not okay. going to lie to you. I mean, it's definitely not health food. Okay. It is. It's definitely processed cheese because if it was like real cheese, then it would like separate. I mean, there's like... There's some chemicals involved for sure, probably. <laughs> so if someone was making like a queso, right? Because now, like, now I'm interviewing you, right? So if someone was making a queso, like if they were making kind of like baked mac and cheese the situation, it wouldn't necessarily separate, right? Like if you, I mean, it sounds like a lot more work than just melting the cheese, but maybe like a roux. Cheese I mean, sauce situation, would it still be considered queso? I mean, queso is any which way you want queso to be. Like okay. I was just telling Grace yesterday, there's a guy here in town who has kimchi queso at his like Korean fusion restaurant. The Thai restaurant down the street from me has like a Thai queso. So in Texas, queso could be anything that your little heart desires. But yeah, you could do it like a roux. I mean, like if you wanted to go like old school, it's like, a block of Velveeta. I mean, that in and of itself, when I say block, like, you know, it's not like a real cheese product. So like a block of Velveeta. <laughs> <laughs> and then like my sister puts in like a block of like cream cheese and then probably like a can of Rotel. Like you guys were talking about like hot sauce. Like I guess here we're more into salsa, you know, yeah. so sort of like jar of like chunky stuff. And then it's just like a dip. Like you just keep it hot. And Rotel is not even a thing up here. The first time I even heard of Rotel was from a friend in Texas. And they lived in Houston. Well, bless your friend in Houston because. Yeah. All right, AV, that's it. I'm taking the caftans and queso show on the road. I got to bring it up there for you and Ed and, and Mondo. And I'll make a vegan version for Dennis and Andrew. Yeah, so it can be like a reunion exactly a and we're all on at the same time a creative that sounds a reunion i'm gonna do it i love it i love it too all right well thank you so much for spending the afternoon chatting with me i've had a great time me too thank you so much for having me absolutely
You know, I thought I had creative ADD, but we may have more in common than just our last names. A.V. Perkins is someone I can promise you will be hearing a lot more from very soon. Oh, and if you're in New York and you know where to get good queso, please reach out to my friends and help them do it for me. Be sure to follow A.V. on Instagram at A.V. Does What. Go to her website, avdoeswhat.com, where you can sign up for her newsletter and find out all about all those cool classes that she teaches. And don't forget to subscribe to her YouTube channel, also A.V. Does What, where you can learn to make DIY body glitter, watermelon margaritas, and follow along on her travel adventures. Yum, that margarita sounds good. Have you checked out this week's Taco About It Tuesday interview with Alicia Hansen of High Octane Jewelry? If you love the retro hot rod lifestyle, you're going to really dig this jewelry. Alicia not only makes amazing jewelry that looks like, say, a 49 Mercury grill, she also teaches classes on wax casting for other jewelry designers wanting to learn metalworking. Pop over to creativecaso.com to read the full interview. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Queso podcast today and hanging out with me and A.V. Perkins. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe so you will never miss another one because they are all as riveting as today's. Find me all week long on Instagram, Facebook, and all the social places at Creative Queso. Or if you want to see my crafty side, at Jennifer Perkins. And I will see you guys next week, same time, same place.